Welcome to Nintendo Dispatch, your weekly Nintendo podcast covering all things from the world of Nintendo. I'm Christina. And I am Michael. And what a week it's been. <laughs> it has been a week. Well, you've you've got a lot going on. I've got things going on, but you have better things going on. I, I have a big life change that's about to happen. I'm getting a dog next oh, Sunday. Boy. <laughs> so there's going to be a... Uh, transition period there and then of course i go on vacation for two weeks and the dog's coming with so we'll see how that goes oh my god uh, you could have just august had my is dog. gonna look crazy i would have loved your dog but your dog wouldn't have loved my apartment your dog's like what 60 70 pounds <laughs> uh, more <laughs> like 100 <wolf>. pounds <laughs> he's massive yeah. but no the dog i'm getting is a little 30 pound uh spitz mix with chow and he's super cute and from everything I've heard, he's super lovey, but he's coming all the way up from Alabama, so I can't meet him first. That's the only uh, downside to this, this situation. So I'm a little bark nervous. With an accent. <laughs> oh, we'll see. <laughs> he's gonna be a little. He's gonna have that southern charm that mm-hmm. everybody loves he's so much. Southern gentleman. <laughs> well, yes. I, my dog was a rescue, and it did the same thing. So yeah. I'm sure it'll be totally fine. When I got Malik, um, he was a rescue, and mm-hmm. I found him on. I think a similar uh, service to, to mm-hmm. what you used. And it said that he was in, I don't know, like Newburgh, uh, which is just about an hour or two South of us. Yeah. And uh, so I thought that was perfect. As, you know, as soon as I saw him, I fell in love with him. So I, mm-hmm. I worked to adopt him. And once I finally was able to adopt him, I found out that he was actually coming from, I think, Arkansas or Alabama as well. And they have a service that they basically load all of these adopted dogs into a motorhome and truck them to wherever they go. And it, Mm. it said Newburgh because that's like their stop. That was where they had to drop it. It's the same thing for me, except our, the stop for us is, um, in Vermont. It's like an Mm. hour and a half, two hours away in Vermont. So that's not too bad. At least it'll be a pretty drive. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah. I think it'll be fine. I think it's good. I think adopting is the way to go. Um, Absolutely, yeah. You know, Malik can. I, I don't know about yours, but Malik was in a kill shelter when I adopted him. So they, mm. the company or agency or whatever it is, organization that posted him, that took him and fostered him, um, visits kill shelters and adopts mm. dogs from the kill shelters so that they don't get put down. And that's where he was from. Yeah, I would say for my dog, it's a little bit of a different situation because. Um, his name is Kaz. That's what my name. That's what his name is going to be. Um, but he, when he was a puppy, was hit by a car. The owner wanted to put him to sleep, and the vet that they brought him to said no way. Ended up having the dog signed over to them. So ever since, uh, he's been fostered by a vet. So he's been from hopefully what I've been told, and I'm hoping is the case. He's 95% house trained. Um, he's comfortable in a crate, all that stuff. He's already been, he, he apparently walks well. So it's the best I, for it being my first dog. I would say it's a really good situation, but I'm technically not rescuing him. He's already been rescued. I'm just picking up where they can't continue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of, so he does have a little limp, so he is gonna, he, he's unique in that way. So I'm yeah. excited about that, but Nice. So that's yeah. exciting. That's a yeah. that's a big big news. Yeah, and then yesterday I'm sore because well not too sore, just a little sore, but we did another uh big hike yesterday. That was fun. Nice. The Adirondacks are beautiful. Everything's so green. Mm-hmm. So that Very was green. nice. But nice. yeah, I'm still recovering. I'm, I'm my body is tired. I'm not sore, I'm just tired. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, that's so, good. It's good to get out. Good, good to do stuff. I, yeah. I've been busy, but not with new dogs or hiking. I've been working just around the house, doing things around the house. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed that I have a tree that's sort of off the back of my house, and it. And while I was cleaning and trimming branches and stuff yesterday, I noticed that this tree, at some point, split. And it's kind of you know, it's a tree that comes up and then splits off into two two different mm-hmm. like main branches. What kind of and, tree is it? I, I don't know. Oh. It's, it's a tree. Um, <laughs> maybe it's a, I don't know, oak or something. Um, but it split in half and it's kind of, it hasn't fallen. It hasn't done anything, but it definitely is not. It, there's a lot of potential for it to break and fall. So yeah. I I have to get somebody to come and just take it down because I don't think it's going to be able to heal itself, even if I strap it together and pull it together, which I may do anyway, just to limit the risk of it. You know, yeah. a strong gust of wind. We've had a lot of thunderstorms lately. So I think any one of those could have been the cause of the split. And 
another one could be the the, the push that it needs to fall over onto the house. Yeah. So I'm trying to prevent that, which I'm bummed because it's a nice tree in the backyard. Uh, I do think, and I'm, I'm wondering because I've noticed that it has grapevines all over it. And I'm, my guess is that that did too much weight, you know, cause now it's full of that grapes. Mm-hmm. And I bet you the, the weight plus any of these strong winds that we've been having was enough to split it. Yeah. Um, but when I saw that, I was like, Oh, that is, that is definitely not good. That needs to be, that needs to be solved right away. You, have you ever eaten the grapes? Uh, they're, they're like wine grapes, <laughs> but they're not good. They're, yeah, they're something you would make maybe wine with, but it's not something you would, uh, you would want to just eat right, right, every day. Yeah. They're, they're like the, my like nana really used tart. to have these grapes as well. They're like, the, mm-hmm. they almost have a fleshy skin to them. Mm-hmm. And then it's sort of like a, a yellowish color inside with a, a pit. Yeah. Growing up, uh, my neighbor, she grew rhubarb and grapes and they actually made wine. Nice. with their grapes but yeah I, I know exactly what you're talking about <laughs> yeah i would imagine that's what these are too and when yeah. i was little i used to eat them at nana's occasionally and they're just not good they don't yeah. taste good <laughs> when so, you're little it doesn't matter you're just like oh it's grapes <laughs> yeah. And, and, yeah in this case it's more of just a, an, a like a hassle because the things are everywhere and they just grow mm. everywhere so and now potentially kill my tree but Mm, whatever what are you gonna do yeah another thing to get figured out (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. well this past week was also opening ceremony for the olympics were you able to watch it of course of course i'm a big fan of the olympics i'm not a big sports guy but i love the olympics and i love the like world cup as well i like anything that's more about rooting for the country than just like my team i don't have a team i don't care about any of that stuff but i like the idea of sort of getting behind the idea of this you know the whole world's competing and we're all kind of in it together sort of thing yeah and it's just cool seeing how athletic these people are they're like superheroes it's Mm -hmm. crazy um unfortunately i was not able to watch the opening ceremony i was able to watch a half an hour of it and it was Mm -hmm. mostly commercials (laughs) Because I don't have cable or anything. I didn't have any way to really watch it. So mm. I plan on watching it later. But apparently, that you know, this is taking place in Tokyo this year. Um, well, technically last year, but it is 2021. Um, but Japan started the Parade of Nations when all the nations are coming out with the athletes um, with the theme song to Dragon Quest. And that mm. wasn't the only song from a video game that played. They also had songs from games like Final Fantasy, Monster Hunter, Ace Combat, Tales of Series, Sonic the Hedgehog, Winning Eleven, Fantasy Star Universe, Kingdom Hearts. Oh, I did already say No, I didn't say already say it. I thought I did. <laughs> um, Nier Automata. I think that's how you say that. Near. Um, near. Near mm-hmm. Automata. Uh, Chrono, Chrono Trigger, Gradius, and Soul Calibur. Which that's pretty cool. I mean, I like when video games are included in anything, but I saw on Twitter a lot of people were like, wait, was that 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 was not that song, was it? And then they're like, oh, mm. it is. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. But I thought it was interesting. There wasn't any Nintendo music. That seemed like a I don't know. You a mean miss. like like Nintendo, like Mario type. Yeah. Music. Yeah. Yes, there wasn't anything first party like that. Nintendo. Yeah. Because I know that they have been involved with um, opening ceremonies in the past, like actual Nintendo things. But it kind of seemed like it was all like sort of third party games that they included. Mm-hmm. But I just thought that was kind of weird. Yeah, especially because it's in been, Tokyo. It would have been really nice to throw some Zelda in there, or some yeah, you know, something. But there was definitely. some still some some good stuff. I I definitely noticed when they had um, the the Dragon Quest music in in the beginning. That was the only one that really <laughs> stood out to me. Uh, uh-huh. A lot of these other ones, I don't play that. I don't really play, so none of them would have jumped out at me. Mm-hmm. Maybe Sonic the Hedgehog, but you're so busy doing other things in that game that I don't. And you weren't really a big Final Fantasy person ever either, right? No, the only one I really ever played was Seven. I think that's like everybody yeah. mostly. Um, that was the only one I really ever played, and that was so long ago that I, I don't really remember it. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's cool. I would have. I agree. I would have liked some more Nintendo in there, but uh, yeah. still cool. Still, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You know, it's a celebration of the host nation. So, you know, why wouldn't you throw some of that in there? Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's cool. And I, I'm like I said already, I'm such a fan of this stuff. I've had I have it going all day long. Um, and if you are interested in watching any of the Olympics, I think if you sign up for an account on Peacock, you can stream all of the Olympic stuff for free. I don't think you have to pay oh, for the service. Oh, see, I yeah. wish I knew that. So you'll be able to still watch <laughs> the opening ceremony and stuff if you want. They had a really yeah. cool thing with drones and 
all kinds of stuff. So it was really cool. I mean, the open ceremony is always very interesting. This one was much more conceptual. I wouldn't say it was my favorite opening ceremony of any of that I've seen. There was like a conceptual dance thing and there was a voiceover narrating. I was like, okay, I'm back in art school now. (laughs) Yeah, it was very much like an art school thing. It was sort of the... The concept that they were going for was that, you know, here's, here's, um, you know, athletes essentially training solo, but connected through, you know, the sport and competition and how Mm -hmm. that was the, the athletes are sort of the blood and the heart of the Olympics and, you know, kind of a comment and celebration of those athletes. And it was interesting. And then how they all come together. The, yeah. I will say that sort of the intro video to the opening ceremony was really cool. It was kind of like this build up and it's showing all these athletes like working, 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 working. It was going through the dates like 1960s and 70s and 80s. Oh, that's cool. And it was like clicking a clock, like kept going, going, building, building, building. And then it got to 2020 and just went and all the power died and everything just went off in the whole theater. <laughs> and then, you know, it just sat there for a couple beats and then it was like, boom, boom. And it was like one person tying their shoes or something and sort of kind of ramping back up to get back going again. So it was yeah. really cool. They did a good job with that. Now, something that I found extremely interesting and once I started getting into it a little bit more, I was like, this is crazy uh, technology. There is a team of researchers at the University of Maryland, and essentially they're building robots uh, that can play video games now. That's not the main goal of it, obviously, but they built this robot that can play Super Mario Brothers for obviously the NES. Now, what's interesting about this is when we think of robots, we think of you know, like a, like a Terminator or an R2-D2 or something like that, right? Like you're thinking of mm-hmm. a, a metal machine that's like hard doing metal things. with wires yeah. and all that stuff, yeah. Well, they specialize in something called soft robotics. And the idea of soft robotics is that it's a robot design that uses water or air to control the movement versus metal and electricity. And this made me think of, uh, they showed it in the video, but it was... Um, what's the Disney movie with like the the stuffed? He's like blown up like a a, a balloon. Big he's, Hero, uh, Big Hero Six. Yeah, Big Hero yeah, Six is a yeah, perfect yeah. example of this soft robotics, right? That was mm-hmm. air, and uh, so this is sort of similar, except they're doing it with water. And what they started to say in this video was that previously. Each finger of these soft robotic hands would typically need its own control line. So you need a source of water in to control the one finger and back and forth and all of that. Mm-hmm. And that would limit sort of the usefulness and the portability because you need to have equipment that's going to be able to operate all of these independent movements, which makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. But the person that is the, I guess, author or co-first author, which I don't understand the title, but <laughs> Joshua Hubbard said they're doing 3D printing these um, these hands, and when they do that, they can have integrated fluidic transistors, which allow it to basically work with one input source. So the way they explained- One wire versus like three for three fingers. Yeah, basically. and the way they explained yeah. it is if you have sort of no pressure, no water pressure, nothing's happening. If you do slight, mm-hmm. the first finger will push. If you do medium, the second finger will activate. If you do like high pressure, the third finger activates. So you're able to kind of have some control by going on how much input pressure you're putting into the machine. Mm-hmm. What was also very interesting was they explained the technology for the 3D printing. We all know of 3D printing. We understand that for the most part now, but they're using something called polyjet 3D printing. And the way they explain it is that this is similar to a color like printer, you know, how it lays down maybe blue and then yellow to make mm-hmm. green, right? Mm-hmm. So this is doing something similar and they can print different materials on these different layers. So you can print hard materials, they could print soft materials, but he said he could also print support materials, which later can be dissolved with water. The support material material is essentially they would put that down to kind of hold this thing into a certain position. They like support it. Like as a temporary it. support. For yeah, it's the a temporary stuff. thing. So if you're building something with, you know, these internal components, you obviously don't want them fused together like you would with conventional 3D printing. There has to be something holding it together that you would mm-hmm. later break. This has a support material that holds it up, and then that gets dissolved with water later, so that that support that. 
that hard printed piece is now free form. It's free That's flow, cool. floating. Really, really, really interesting technology. Yeah. Um, the video was very, very cool. It's like four or five minutes. And it was really interesting to see how it works and how they're how they're using it. Yeah. I thought I thought it was really interesting. And they they also showed like they were trying to mimic a turtle's arms at one point. And they showed it being used with this new soft robotics with the um, the fluidic transistors. And it reminded me of um, not not the Borg, but like it was so eerie how mm. it did not seem like it should work. And but it was moving and it was like it looked like a like jellyfish movements. Oh, it was so weird yeah. to think that that was man-made. It was strange. <laughs> yeah, they did say that for soft robotics, a lot of the times they're heavily influenced by biology, by nature. Yeah. So that would make sense that it kind of has these organic movements to them. Yeah. And it's crazy to think like that's kind of the future of robotics, but it makes sense. Like it's when cool. they explain yeah, it. Yeah, different. it's really interesting. And yeah, it's cool that it can actually play a whole level of super mario brothers <laughs> yeah and it did pretty well i mean yeah. it was it's obviously limited because it was only using three fingers so it could move forward it could run it could jump and so that's you're it. obviously not doing back or any it sort just, of like blaze through the level yeah it's like a speed run this, yeah. this robot does speed runs only that's it i guess yeah. yeah robots are do their aim is to be efficient so i guess mm -hmm. that makes sense yeah. uh well this this next story is kind of funny but has a happy ending so apparently somebody donated 27 vintage Nintendo cartridges to a Goodwill in PA, not even thinking they would be worth anything, just donated them, got rid of junk. Well, they're not junk. <laughs> a Goodwill rep noticed that, you know, they were, there was, it also came with a brand new Nintendo system and all the games were, not all the games, some of the games were in their original packaging, including Metal Gear, Logi Man, Bad News Baseball, Gairus, Gairus? And there are a bunch of other ones. Um, like I said, there are 27 of them. So sometimes I guess when a nonprofit sees something that could be a high value item, they'll put it on their, they'll auction it on their website. And that's mm. what happened. This rep saw it and was like, oh, I bet you we could get like $10,000 or something for this. This seems pretty valuable. So they put it on the website. The bidding started at $9.99. And after 143 bidders, they ended up selling it for just over $30,000. Wow. Which is crazy. Like, I feel kind of bad for the people. Actually, no, I don't feel bad for the people who donated at all because it all went to charity this time, as opposed to all the other auctions we hear of, where we don't know where the money goes, where the money comes from. But this is actually going to a nonprofit organization. So that's that's cool. I'm yeah, it's very them. cool. Very, yeah. very cool. Mm -hmm. It's amazing what these things end up being worth. And it's it's funny because with Metal or not Metal Gear, um, with Metroid Dread coming out, I've been looking mm -hmm. back and thinking, oh, I would really love to play through. Yeah, that know. was one of the games too in the photo. They had the the original Metroid there. Mm. Yeah. But I was thinking I would love to play through one through four to kind of refresh mm -hmm. my memory. And and I know there was a few in there that I didn't play and, you know, dug out the old 3DS because obviously you can't play anything on Switch because Nintendo. So you <laughs> have to, yeah. you know, play maybe one on your Switch and then you have to go to your Wii U to play something else and you have to dig out your 3DS to play the third game. But I, so I dug out the 3DS and I was thinking, man, this looks like such crap on this 3ds because i have the first gen 3ds and it just looks mm -hmm. like an absolute potato i was like i'll buy you know a, a refurbished or a used new nintendo 3ds what are they gonna mm -hmm. be 100 bucks now right like they'd be they're cheap <laughs> the the minimum one i could find was like 350 dollars and because now all of a sudden over the last six to eight months the price on these consoles which were selling at walmart you know a year and a half ago for like yeah. 80 dollars because they just wanted to get rid of the stock are selling for easily 300 bucks and especially if you were to get a new one it just i don't know it's whether it's collecting or in my case where you just there's not an easy way to play these things so you mm -hmm. have to have you know you have to have the hardware yeah yeah, kind of crazy though but that's good for the charity like you said if nothing yeah. else you know if there's going to be an auction and people are going to pay a lot for a game and might as well go to charity. I agree. So now in a weird trend that, uh, I don't know, is... I don't Thank get. you, social media, I guess. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but I guess there's this thing called fan cams, which fans do for their... It seems like primarily it's K-pop related, but apparently fans make these fan cams, which is an emphasis on one person in a band or something like that, right? So 
if mm-hmm. it's a if it's a group of four and you like Tommy or whatever, and sure. so you just just record that person because you're a weirdo, and that's what you do nowadays. And they're all recorded in sort of this weird, crappy vertical. This is done with my phone sort of orientation, and then you post it to everything you can on social media. TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. All the the junk. So now Nintendo is jumping into this this fan cam trend by doing, I guess, fan cams of characters from Skyward Sword. So you get these 10-second little shorts of Fee, Groose, Zelda, and Link from Skyward Sword over some sort of non-Zelda music. And uh, (laughs) it's weird. It's weird. I don't get it. It's yeah. uh it's a real strange thing that I people saw, do. I had seen them, or I think I saw the one for is it Fee? Five. That's how that's what I'm assuming, but it yeah. could be five. Well, I, I saw that one. I don't remember what platform I was on. I mean I only really use Instagram, so it must have been that, but probably all your hours of TikToking. Oh yeah, because I have a TikTok account. Um <laughs> <laughs> but I saw it and I thought like I didn't have the sound on. So I was like, oh, it's like an ad for the game. But they didn't show anything for the game. There wasn't a logo. There wasn't anything like that. And it wasn't even Zelda music when I did turn the sound on. I was like, is this a character from a past game? I assumed it was Skyward Sword because it just came out. Mm -hmm. But it was just so weird. (laughs) Yeah. Like Nintendo tries sometimes and they just shouldn't. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's not even just Nintendo. It's just weird that this is even a thing in general. But I I guess that's... I get it for like, you know, young college kids. Well, that's what I was going to say. Have their obsessions with boy bands and stuff. We're just old, so we don't, you know... Yeah, kids these days. Yeah, we're just too old. (laughs) I actually had a friend in middle school who loved this band from New Zealand. And there was one person she kept watching like videos that people would put on YouTube of this one person. Yeah. So I'm I sure, like I'm I, sure I when, like, can understand why like I don't think it translates well for Nintendo, but I guess for K-pop it makes sense for fans. But yeah, just a weird decision for Nintendo to do, I guess. That's it's the trend though. So they're getting in on it, keeping their finger on the pulse. I guess one thing that's also Skyward Sword related, but is kind of cool if you live in Australia and or New Zealand. Uh, my Nintendo is giving away Skyward Sword bomb bags. They're actual bomb bags. You can get these drawstring bags for 500 platinum points. You just have to play uh, play. Yep, you just have to pay. I think it was like 750 Australian dollars for shipping. Hmm. Um, but it's made of polyester. It's about 170 millimeters by 250 millimeters. So it's good for like they said things like dice or like little knickknack things, uh, maybe game cables, stuff like that. It does look very close to the bomb bag that is in the, used in the game. The only difference is instead of the stitching going down the front, they have a little icon of what a bomb looks like. And then on the bottom, they have the Zelda logo like imprinted and it looks kind of nice. Yeah, but, yeah, I like it. Mm-hmm. I wish we had cool things like this. I would I would definitely get one of these for something. I would figure out something yeah. to put in this bad boy. Yeah, I mean, but, yeah, I'm, I'm cool. happy for Australia and New Zealand, but I mean, where's ours? Like, that yeah, would be right. Cool. Where the heck's ours? <laughs> I hate that they do that with so many things. Like, there's a lot of Animal Crossing stuff that we got, but other countries didn't get, and mm-hmm. it just seems so weird that that's even a thing. Yeah, just make it available to everybody. For everybody, yeah. Yeah. So I guess Classic Doom and Doom is getting some more free add-ons. That's crazy to me that they still wow. support this on the Switch, but they are. And uh, yeah, we're we're getting more. We're getting the Earthless Prelude, which is the spiritual successor to the 2018 Megawad, I guess, Megawad, Deathless, sure. which is created by James Jimmy Paddock. It's the first in a series of maps that will release over the six episodes. The Prelude chapter contains two episodes and a bonus sneak peek at the third episode, adding up to 12 maps so pretty cool i mean it's i mean it's free so if you're if you're playing either of those why not that's very very cool that they still support that yeah it's it's nice that you know doom is getting new stuff yet you know we're still just waiting for animal crossing yeah that's animal crossing nothing but doom and doom 2 you maybe in 20 years we'll get animal crossing content yeah that must be how it works yeah we'll get another island finally (laughs) That brings us to the top 10 bestsellers. In first place, we have Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD. Second, we have NBA 2K21. I, this thing just never wants to leave the top 10. It like, leaves for a week and then it comes back for a week. Leaves for a week and comes back for a week. Uh, Mario Golf Super Rush is in third. Fourth is Among Us. Fifth is Minecraft. Sixth, Monster Hunter Stories 2. 
Uh, 7th, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. 8th, Just Dance 2021. And ninth, we have Stardew Valley. And 10th, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Hmm. All right. That is it. Yeah. That gets us into new releases we're into this week. And I've got the first check coming out July 29th is the third installment of Blaster Master Zero. It's going to be normally $15, but it's on sale for $12. If you're familiar with any of the Blaster Master games, Blaster Master Zero is a high grid of a side scrolling and top down action so you get a little bit of a mix of both and this will be the final installment of the blaster master zero trilogy now i was a huge fan of blaster master when i was growing up i always loved the idea of this sort of uh driving around in your little vehicle and you could even jump out at one point you have this little tank and you could jump out and then you were super vulnerable but you could get into places that you couldn't with your tank and then you had to you know your the story was weird it was you had at least in the original blaster master you had it shows this boy jason Mm -hmm. tapping on the glass of his frog tank and the frog jumps out and he's chasing the frog to his backyard the frog somehow gets away and there's a radioactive uh thing in his backyard i'm not sure why (laughs) and the frog lands on it and transform into this mutant frog and then the weight of this giant frog forces this radioactive container to fall into a hole and jason because he's so emotionally attached to this pet frog dives down this hole not knowing anything about what's down there or how deep it is and the sophia which is the name of the tank is sitting there so not only did he chase his radioactive frog into a a bottomless hole. Essentially he finds a tank and instead of uh, thinking that's weird or leaving, he suits up and he goes after his frog and that's how the game starts. And it's you basically in this underground uh, adventure and blaster master zero tries to give a little bit more context essentially in blaster master zero it is a sort of a remake slash reimagining there's a lot of very simple like the levels are similar the music but they also tweaked certain things different different bosses and stuff like that mm-hmm. um so blaster master zero tries to give more context essentially we were on a, a earth that over time this takes place in the future over time like war basically killed everything off and forced humans underground. Uh, this kid, Jason, who's an engineer, finds a sort of weird mutant frog that he traps and that frog opens up a portal and he jumps into a portal. That's, oh. uh, But it's all the same stuff. It all does yeah. the same thing. Similar kind of story. Similar kind of thing. I didn't play yeah. Blaster Master. I played all of Blaster Master Zero, um, really enjoyed it. Blaster Master Zero 2, I did not play. And then this third one. So I gave it a check because I like these games. And that's some point maybe i'll i'll play two and three but pretty cool overall yeah i mean it's a funny you had a story but thinking it's about such it a dumb story but it's a nintendo about, I mean, story yeah i mean teenage mutant ninja turtles exactly. isn't much different so <laughs> yeah exactly and yeah. i i think what really stood out to me when i was a kid playing this game i mean the music was awesome and then the idea of being able to be in this tank and feel super powerful and have these weapons and power-ups and then you know your your tank would get you know weak or almost explode and mm-hmm. you would hop out and then now you're on foot and you're super vulnerable, but it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm still surviving. And it, it was just such a cool premise. And I, I really loved that about it. It was always my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. It kind of, I, I think I made reference to that back when we were playing Subnautica and how, you know, when, when my um, Cyclops totally crapped out on me yeah. and now I'm like bombing around in these super hazardous areas. Yeah. Without I think it. I do remember you mentioning that. Yeah. That's funny. It had yeah. a very similar feel where it's like, Oh man, it's, I got to get back to it, but I can't. And it's it just, it's cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the next one I checked, it comes out the same day. It's called trigger witch for $15. I, I ended up checking this because I thought the trailer was pretty funny. It looks very similar to any other sort of farming game at first with like a uh, very colorful and has sort of like this pixel art style and very like peaceful, kind of like a Stardew or yeah. um, uh, some of the other ones that have come out more recently. I can't think of the names of them, but mm-hmm. it's very bright, very vibrant and it shows birds and you're like this witch wearing like the traditional hat and everything standing in this field. And it's talking about, you know, like, I don't know, 
once upon a time, blah, blah, blah. All of a mm-hmm. sudden, this witch like t- takes out this gun and just does like a spiral and just kills everything that's flying around you. And then it goes <laughs> into the, the premise of the story. Basically, it's a stylized 2D twin stick action game set in an odd open world where magic is outdated and firearms are the new way of life. You assume the role of Colette a prospective graduate from the stock in Academy of Witchcraft and Triggery. Uh, (laughs) After a mysterious man invades the realm, events are set in motion that turn Colette's life upside down, casting her as the sole heroine with enough firepower to restore peace. So Mm. I thought it looked pretty funny. They show... I mean, there's like a million weapons in the game. There's like a spot where you're in ice and you got this flamethrower and you got bazookas and all kinds of just over the top silliness. You basically are exploring this open world, which I think sounded kind of fun. You can, you know, have all these different weapons. You can upgrade the weapons. There's environmental puzzles, which are kind of cool that you get to solve. And you can do solo or multiplayer at any time. So you can have people drop in, drop out, whatever, Mm -hmm. and uh, help you on your way, which kind of reminded me of Contra back in the day you had that sort of similar uh that was side scrolling but very similar feel to a contra just with a witch in a more uh cheery looking environment mm-hmm. so i thought it looked cool so- sounds like it was just sort of the beginning was supposed to be make you think it was a really sweet game and then all of a sudden nope just kidding <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah, yeah. it's it's That's very fine. sweet and sort of just a funny trailer it's uh it reminded me of also what is that that blazing blazing ducks or whatever that birds or whatever that game was that Mats and i were playing a little while back where you have yeah. these different ducks and they each have their type of firepower it's mm-hmm. kind of like that just like a quirky fun shooter crazy game yeah yeah I also checked the next one coming out July 29th, The Long Gate for $15. This one, you explore ancient caverns filled with mysterious puzzles and traverse relaxing oasis of nature. You have to repair three types of ancient circuits and unravel the mystery of what happened to the creators of these you know, puzzles. Uh, the Long Gate is a challenging and elaborate puzzle game with puzzles based on real world physics and circuits, which I thought sounded cool. And yeah. when I was watching the trailer, I got the vibe of a portal and a mist. So I thought it looked really interesting. I definitely gave that a check and uh, I'll keep an eye on this one. Yeah, I'm going to add that one to my wish list too because I overlooked it and seeing like what the story is a little more in depth, it sounds like something that is kind of what I usually go for in games. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. And I'm, I'm yeah. a huge fan of obviously Portal, but also I loved the Mist games. And when I saw this, it felt very much yeah. like Mist. So and it's all the games that I play and enjoy are all based on Mist. Those like games, Mist. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah I'm makes sense. That one. Mm-hmm. So the same day, another game that I got checked is <laughs> Banners of Ruin. This is a $20 game. And to no surprise, this is a deck builder. It's, I normally like deck builders, or at least like giving them um, a check because a chance, yeah. you know they may or not, may not be good. I'm hoping for a demo on this one because it, it looks interesting. I really like the art style of it quite a bit. It looks really well done. Um, you're going to work your way through a city of Dawn's Point with card-based combat up to six members in your party. And those members will have different uh, play styles or different cards that you can use. So that's how it kind of mixes up you know, you're not only building the deck, but if you're building your party, you get different access to cards. Mm-hmm. I looked it up for Steam because it seemed like something that would be on Steam. Right now, it has mostly to very positive. So I don't know what happened in because mostly positive is sort of the more recent uh, review, but very positive is sort of the overall review on mm-hmm. Steam. And this is still early access. So maybe they made a tweak or a change that people didn't respond well to. But it seems like these are both new. So Steam yeah. is also $20. And uh, like I said, it's still an early access over there as well. So Banners of Ruin, if you are a deck builder card game fan like I am, it seems like something we're checking out. And it seems like something that we could maybe either get a key for or play as a demo. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. I was going to say even the Trigger Witch sounded like one that we would want to try to get a key for or something. Yeah. Yeah. That would be really yeah. nice. Yeah. Uh, the next one that we both have checked also coming out. We have a lot of games checked this week. <laughs> also coming out on the 29th is Alone With You. It's normally $10. It's on sale for about nine right now, but uh, it's a bittersweet sci-fi adventure game. Uh, I will say personally, I was not attracted to the look of the game at all, but the story yeah, seemed, the story seemed really interesting, and that's what kind of made me put a check on this one. So you've escaped a doom space colony, 
or you're trying to escape a doomed space colony with the help of a troubled AI companion and four chatty holograms in this adventure visual novel storytelling game. With your scanner, you'll reveal clues, solve puzzles, and discover the fates of over two dozen colonists and the secrets of their interwoven lives. It has just positive reviews on Steam, which usually means, you know, it's okay. It's not mm-hmm. best game. It's not, you know, mostly very positive reviews like <laughs> Banners of Ruin, but it's mm-hmm. okay. And it is the same price, full, full price on Steam. So it is $10 on Steam. Uh, so, yeah, the story sounds really interesting. I like these kind of exploration, story-driven games. And there's a puzzle. I like puzzles. So, yeah. Yeah. Seemed cool. I like it. I like yeah. it a lot. I can talk about the next one, too, since you kind of had a bunch of check before. Um, the next one that we also both have checked is Papa's Quiz for $10. This is a party game for one to eight players. You can use phones or tablets as controllers and compete in multiple question types. There's 3,000 original questions and 185 categories for the game. Uh, you can create your own avatar and give it a fun name, dress it up with clothes and do whatever basically you want with it. The avatars are really cute and very funny looking. <laughs> That's kind of like that. The whole um, aesthetic of the game is kind of what made me excited about it. Um, you can also choose dance moves when you win. You get to do this cool dance move. And yeah, it just seems kind of fun for, you know, even if you just just you and one other person, I think it would be a lot of fun. Yeah. I I I really liked at first when I looked at it I saw well, this is whatever but it looks I a like, little rough yeah but it looks a little rough but I think the uh, the the party game trivia aspect of it is what really sold me I love those yeah. kinds of games I like trivia games I like playing like you know any sort of party game like this mm-hmm. so this one seems like it could be a potentially a lot of fun if you can get a little group together to play it um, yeah. I think this one could be a lot of fun. Yeah, and it seems like something that, you know, I'm on vacation with my family. It would be something fun to hook oh, up and yeah, try yeah. with because I'm going to be around so many family members. It would be really cool for me and all my cousins to try it out. So, yeah, I, I can I might, see that. I might just good. get it before I go out of town and we'll see. But yeah, I can see yeah. that one going over really well with the yeah. with the family. That would be a fun one for your for your little get together. Yeah. Nice. Um, and then the last one I just have checked is called Horror Tales the Wine You for $15. You explore a post-pandemic fictional Mediterranean island and immerse yourself in a seemingly abandoned city. And you're struggling to find this thing called uh, Bani, I don't know how to pronounce this, Bani, B- Bani de Basque wine. Sure. It's, like a re- it's a fancy red wine, I guess, that you need to cure your loved ones of something. Um, but this whole time you are being hunted by this creepy stalker thing that's trying to kill you. Um, so you get to solve environmental riddles. There's physics puzzles and other similar challenges. Um, but yeah, this uh, sounded good based on my more sounded better than the more recent horror game I played. <laughs> mm, yeah, <laughs> just because it seems like there's a little more of a story to it. But yeah, nice. I'll talk I about mean, that in a bit. You're on the the horror movie uh, horror game kick, so yeah, I, this I one seems like a, a good one for that. Yeah, nice. Well, that gets us to everybody's favorite segment in the show, what you play. And so now you can tell us all about the other horror game that you were playing. <laughs> well, it was uh, Layers of Fear. I did talk about it last week, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, the weeks just kind of meshed together now. But and I think I mentioned that I got a really kind of crappy ending. So I replayed the last chapter again. and I did get a different ending, but it was so conceptual and I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> there are like jump scares and stuff but overall i'm just like what's happening i don't know what's going on what am i supposed to do i'm yeah. supposed to be collecting these checker pieces why like what does it mean who am i playing checkers with the ghost who's the ghost <laughs> i yeah. assumed it was my dead wife who was burned and killed herself i don't know i i have no idea it i got a different ending so i'm happy about that but overall the game is way too conceptual um I get the general idea that you're an artist and you're going, you're trying to make your masterpiece and like doing weird, crazy, psychotic stuff to make this final art piece. But it's not clear. Like, for example, I put an eyeball in the painting somehow. Whose eyeball is it? I have no idea. (laughs) They like try to explain it. I just don't understand. So, yeah, like I said, I'm not really sure what I'm supposed to be doing most of the time. I just walk forward and check drawers and open doors. And that's pretty much it. Um, a lot of things were really unclear. I'm hoping that the next one's a lot better. I am going to play the next one at some point, but not right away because 
Yeah. I mean, there are jump scares and it is it has its fun moments. But the last ending I got was just like, okay, I'm done with this. <laughs> yeah. I watched yeah. I watched a little bit of your playthrough and I I had no idea what was going on. Was yeah, like, and I you weren't alone. Me. Yeah. But even like the ending the ending credits were stupid. So after you get you finish the last chapter, they like show you all these paintings in this room that you've tried to do over and over again, and they all are the same creepy lady looking thing. And then you're just walking around this house. So I'm like, okay, am I trying to like, is the game over? Am I trying to get outside? So I go to the front door and that's all locked shut. Mm. And I'm just walking around this house looking for something. And then it turns out I'm supposed to look at this book on a table. And that's the each page is like one of the people who worked on the game. That's the end credits. It's like, that's, that's stupid. I just wasted 15 minutes walking around this stupid house. It's the end of the game just to find this book of illustrations of the people who worked on the game. It made me mad. Yeah. So I'm I'm <clears throat> not gonna play the other game for a while, but Yeah, I don't blame me. I mean, I don't yeah. <laughs> I don't mind a game having some sort of I mean, it's not usually what I gravitate towards, but I don't I I can understand the games sometimes get conceptual and maybe you're not you know, they're more of an abstract, but this one right. just seemed badly designed. It didn't seem like it was necessarily uh like over our heads. It just seemed like no, it's bad game design. There's no way of knowing what you're supposed to be doing. So instead of being, oh, this is weird and crazy, it just ended up being frustrating and crappy. And, and I, I mean, I think also that's too, a difference. That's the problem. And I, I could have been missing things. That's the thing is you could totally walk. There was one point I picked up a piece of paper and you can like have it translated so it's not handwriting, it's actual text. Mm. So I went to go do it, but I accidentally hit the wrong button and it disappeared. I couldn't pick it back up again. There's no way for me to look at it again. So I have no idea what it said. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I mean, I could go no back good. in the stream and like pause the screen and read it. But that the normal person is not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So and then there, like there's so many things that have happened. And I don't know, like, OK, did I cut my own leg off? Is this my own bone that I'm grinding into paint? Like what what's happening? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. they just w- need to, to be a little clear about things and it would have been fine. But anywho, other than that. Um, I've been playing Skyrim and streaming that. It's been super fun, and I absolutely love the game. I'm, I decided to go for a stealth. So I'm very sneaky. I'm very good with daggers, and I'm very good at archery. Oh, nice. But that's so a, yeah. a rogue. Yeah, yeah. Rogue, going rogue play. Full rogue, yeah. Nice. But as soon as I'm detected and things start attacking me, that's where it all falls apart. <laughs> well, you're kind of... You, you can't be detected. That's the problem with yeah. the rogue. You, just, yeah. you don't have the you know, the defense to right. to be yeah. detected. Yeah. But I will say that my block, I've been leveling that too. So that's good. And then also something I've never done in the game before is actually try out potions and things like that. Hmm. Like you can enchant your bows with things and you can create potions with whatever ingredients you find while exploring Skyrim and, uh, that's actually been a lot of fun. Cool. <laughs> it's just really hard. I remember it being a lot easier to catch butterflies when I played it with a mouse and keyboard. It's really hard to like get really exact and catch things flying around in the air on the mm. switch with the controls. I've, I've made it work. I figure it out. Event- I get it eventually, but I feel bad for everybody watching because I'm probably making them sick. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, it's sometimes what it's like trying to catch fish in Subnautica. It's, I know. Yeah. You're kind of all over the place. It's hard. It's hard. Um, but other than that, I also opened up Pokemon Unite and I started to go through the tutorial battle. I just almost finished the 5v5 battle, mm-hmm. um, but that's as far as I got. Nice. And I'm curious because um, our, our podcast listener, Eric E. Diggy, he sent us a link on Twitter and it was somebody explaining, you know, as if when you get to a certain point in the game, they do start charging you for stuff, obviously, but you almost can't go beyond that. And it's also stuff that, yeah, there's cosmetic upgrades, but there's also upgrades that will give you better powers in the game. Mm-hmm. So it does, you know, give you a leg up in battles. And that's what I don't like. And not only that, it does seem, based on what I was reading, that the the way that the pricing is, it's kind of predatory. So if you have a little kid playing the game, it's very easy for them to just buy things. So Maybe just keep an eye on it if your kid is playing it. Like I said, I haven't gotten that far, so I don't know from experience. This is based on a couple reviews that I read. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying like, you know, take this as gospel or anything, but just keep an eye on it, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Because it seems a little sketchy, but. 
Yeah, uh, I've been playing that as well. I started up mm-hmm. Pokemon. I haven't run into anything where I was not able to keep playing. Um, it is, mm-hmm. like we said, it's a free-to-play game, but there is a battle pass. Well, that it's free to start. Free, free to start. start. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a battle pass you can buy into. There's just like everything else. There's mm-hmm. You can buy these, I don't know, whatever they consider them in these games, but in-game uh, money that you have to pay real money to do. And that would help you buy certain Pokemon, you know, because there's, I think, 20, 25 Pokemon that you can play at the at this point or at least have access to at some point. You don't get them all at first. Um but if you play long enough, you can unlock certain Pokemon and then you can use those Pokemon. And the different Pokemon are made for different, uh, like they have different techniques, I guess. So you have the mm-hmm. all around class, you have the support class, which is like healers. You have the offense class, which obviously do a lot of damage. And then you have the speedsters, which are quick and they're, you know, they go after people. Overall, I'm liking what I've played so far. I've gone through all the tutorials and I've played a handful of matches. I've won a bunch of matches. I think I'm level six or seven in my character and I've unlocked a handful of different characters. If you play the game now, you unlock this one. Uh, we mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, whatever its name is, but it's like this sort of electric cat looking thing. And yeah, that one is week. really great. That's a speedster. Mm-hmm. really strong can do a lot of damage with it i also have nine tails which i like playing that's offense but if you're on a crappy team that's not really working together that's that's the the unfortunate part because there's most of the teams i get into you know everybody kind of sticks together and works you know we're going up this team this group's going low mm-hmm. and you kind of work together to make your points but if people start just wandering around or doing their own thing that's when you become super vulnerable and that's when people can easily take you out Mm -hmm. so so far it's been fun i like the different levels there seems to be a decent amount of complexity there seems to be a lot to to do uh little by little you unlock new things so based on what you know how much time you've put in what level you get to you can you know you unlock the battle pass or you unlock this or you unlock that so based on what you were saying with the article uh, that Ediggy shared with us, it seems like the the idea of the monetization, I mean, we know that was going to be an issue. There's cosmetics, there's all kinds of stuff. So yeah, I think we expected what, that. I think what the 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 pay to win, which is what a lot of people call it when you're just paying money, real world money to beef up your character. There are these sort of in-game hold items. Like in Pokemon, you know how you always you can give a, an item to a Pokemon and it holds it. And it allows that Pokemon mm-hmm. to be stronger or heal or do whatever it does. It, right, they all yeah. have different mechanics. Well, those are in this game as well. And each Pokemon, after after a time, you can you start with one and you can unlock up to three hold items for a Pokemon. And those hold items can also be upgraded uh, over time. And I think there's a level mm. cap on how much you can upgrade those things. I don't think mm-hmm. you can just upgrade them, you know, forever. You you can only hit a certain sure. level. Yeah. So those hold items do similar things. Like I said, they'll they maybe increase your attack strength by 0.2 or something like that. So what the article is saying is that people can pay real money to upgrade those things quicker, which I guess is true. Okay. But at some point, in theory, unless they 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 make it impossible to hit the level cap for those hold items in theory a free-to-play person could level those as well they just may have to grind more so Mm -hmm. i'm not sure if it's game breaking i would say i would rather not see that i think that's kind of crappy i also think this game charges too much for um sort of the gotcha mechanic you know getting new characters which i don't i don't i know a lot of people hate gotcha mechanics i don't i like the idea of a gotcha where it's like you're grinding or it's like magic you know you bought these decks and there's the hope there's a good card in there it's such a it's such a like a double-edged sword though because i like the excitement of never knowing for sure but you are spending real money to do it. You want to so, make sure you're getting your money's worth. Well, yeah. it's kind of, it's just tough. It's like, I wish yeah. there was other better ways of earning the the pulls, you know, like mm-hmm. instead of trying to get me to separate from my money, have Fortnite has it where you can buy all kind of cosmetics and dances and all that stuff. And they'd make plenty of money. I I don't like the idea of having to, to spend real money to get more of those pulls to see if I get a better Pokemon or I get a cool outfit. Um, yeah. But I do like the idea sometimes of doing a pull and not knowing what I'm going to get. 
I think that is exciting. I, I don't hate that idea. I just don't like how predatory they make it and how, how, how much they make you pay to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think there is some excitement in that. And it was something I always used to love about magic where I open it up and, you know, how many times do you open it and you, okay, I know the first one's a land. Let me just put that aside. Oh, well, Regalia Lost was the same way too. There was an excitement when you got a new cards or anything like that yeah and that was yeah. also the same way though that was that's mm-hmm. the same uh fire emblem has that mm-hmm. in their mobile game there's the gotcha games are very very common it's it's the fact that you pay to do that and and they're yeah. and they're um a a like the release of the actual good characters is so low that it's like next to impossible to get something mm. solid you know what i mean mm-hmm. so that's the mm-hmm. problem that's where it really comes into an issue and that's like more of a debate or discussion i know a lot of people don't like gotcha but i'm not against the idea of that necessarily i just don't think it should be monetized get your money somewhere else and and let that just be sort of a fun ooh this person has a character i wish i could have got world of warcraft you know how many yeah. times do you go and you battle a boss <laughs> because you want that drop yeah. and it's not that you know you you just grind you grind and grind and grind and grind and grind and eventually you may get the piece of armor or the mount or whatever it is that you really, really want. And when you see somebody else do it, it's kind of like, yeah, I get it. You did that. And I got this mount. We're pretty cool because we worked so hard to get this thing. Yeah, we didn't I don't just like pay the idea of somebody paying $30. to do it. Yeah, yeah. that's annoying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't like the idea of somebody paying to do it. I'm not against gotcha, but I like the idea of, you know, we earned this. We, we worked yeah. to get this. Don't just buy it. Yeah, work for it. Don't just... Yeah. Yeah. But other than that, I would say absolutely try Pokemon Unite. I'm enjoying it. I think it's really Mm -hmm. cool. I think it's fun when you get on a team that's doing decent. And it's it's been like I said, I'm I'm surprised with the complexity of it. Uh, I'm I'm surprised. Like I I've created my little player card, which was also in um, what was it? sword and shield you know how you play you had your player card i think mm-hmm. in that game and you could create your pose your and all trainer that stuff. card or whatever yeah, your yeah. trainer card you can do that in this and you can get your pose right and you can do all that kind of stuff and i like mm-hmm. that and then when you're playing with other teammates you can look at their card and see their pose and you get these little icons kind of like you earn badges to, depending on how well you did in the match and those little badges mm-hmm. could you can put on your card and so i like all that stuff i think that's fun um yeah and I've, I've enjoyed what they, I've played so far, but yeah, and it's in <laughs> a world, it's in a world that I'm familiar with, and I mm-hmm. and I do think, unlike the Pokemon Cafe and those other games, uh, this one feels like it works for Pokemon. It's a totally yeah. different gameplay. I do think they are reaching way too much for this monetization. They should have just made this a paid game and limit the monetization of it because I think that ultimately is what's going to ruin this game or at least in my opinion is going to what ruins this game because I think they have a ton of potential with it, but they're just too greedy. Um, you know, some of the stuff is just way too expensive. Yeah. So it's unfortunate, but I do think it is absolutely worth trying. And if you are somebody that can play it without spending a lot of real world money, there's there's no harm in it. And maybe there will be a time where I'm just like getting decimated because I just can't, you know, I can't keep up. Yeah. I mean, the game's only been out for how long? And as you've a been day, playing, you haven't really yeah, two days. Yeah. And you haven't been playing to the point where people are decimating you. So no. I've it's, I've it's lost Earth's one too early still. I've lost one match out of maybe six, mm-hmm. and that was primarily because our team just was not working okay. well together. Yeah, um, everything else. There may be times I run up against somebody and they just destroy me, but that's <laughs> that that. I think maybe it was two on one, or maybe they were a higher level. Because not only in the yeah. game. So if you are going in as like Ghastly, right? You pick Ghastly as your mm-hmm. Pokemon to play as. Ghastly starts always as Ghastly. You don't get to go in there as Haunter or or a Gengar. You they go in there as that, Ghastly. Right? Yes. They yeah. all start at their base Pokemon. Evolution, yeah. Yep, their base evolution. Charmander, you know, all of them. Mm-hmm. And so you're running around, you're doing your thing, and there's um next to your your little person, there's a there's a circle that has a number in it. That's your level. And you level up once you hit each Pokemon has a different level point, but you level up once you um defeat enough like in-game Pokemon or other players that all works towards your your level. Mm-hmm. And once you level up, you get new attacks that you can 
build on and those attacks, you could be maybe, um, you can sort of decide, do I want this attack or that attack? And that sort of shapes your gameplay because one attack yeah. may be more like offense, one may be more support or defense. And I could say, all right, I started as this, but this team really needs a lot more support now. Let me start going that way with my choices for attacks, right? For my, my, my attacks. And, mm-hmm. um, and then you evolve in the game. So eventually you become Haunter and then you become Gengar. And I think that's really kind you of get cool. stronger and stronger. Yeah, yeah, you get stronger and stronger. So what I'm that's saying cool is mechanic. there's sometimes that I may go up somebody and I don't tip, I don't really look at their level, but they could have been two levels higher than me and just decimated me. And I didn't mm-hmm. even think about that. You know, that's mm-hmm. another thing you have to think about. You could say, oh, well, I'm nine tails. I'm, I'm strong as can be. I'm a level seven or eight or whatever level I make it to <laughs> nine tails. But now they're coming at me at a level 10 charizard and they just you know they could just decimate destroy because of those yeah. levels yeah so i don't know if those in-game things are what's what's doing it um but they're so far i'm having fun with it so yeah uh in addition to pokemon unite i've been obviously playing subnautica below zero the next time i stream i am basically ready to build alan so that will cool. be what i do in the stream i've gotten back to the base i've gotten all my stuff and and i'll be waiting to 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 build Alan when I boot it up next. Um, I've also been playing some more Mario Golf. I unlocked another course. This the the course I just played on was a little more quirky. I had been saying that a couple of weeks ago that I was like, eh, they're they're all kind of vanilla. The one I was just playing on, I think it was the third or fourth course that I unlocked, and it had sort of these like clouds that were blowing air, which I don't know what that does. It seems like it <laughs> implies that it would like blow the ball off track, but it wasn't super noticeable if it was doing that. But it does yeah. seem like there's updrafts, which in my mind would you know make the ball go up, and then there's crosswinds that would make it go certain directions. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's these little weird rolling rock guys around, which was kind of cool. So it's starting to get into a little That's quirky good. stuff. Yeah. Um, the one that I just unlocked, I believe, is sort of a desert-looking course i haven't played it yet okay. but i'm gonna check that out i also yeah. played some more oxen free i finally beat oxen free um that was cool it was different so it it very much reminds me of stranger things or dark on netflix if anybody's seen dark yeah that's uh, a cool it series. has a lot of those that sort of time loop time travel sort of weird what's going on story I don't think I got the, I don't, there's, there seems to be multiple endings. I don't think I got Mm -hmm. a great ending. I'm not really sure what is a good ending in this game. Um, I don't remember what I got. Yeah. So so long ago, as soon as you get done, you get through the credits. Like you can make weird choice. I I, I, basically, I'm going to play it again, I think, because there's a lot of times it asked me to make a choice and you either are not really sure what you're supposed to be doing or you don't know what like the right answer is because it just kind of seems obscure. So I'm going to try. Not sure what the, conf- what the um the backlash is going to be for you. Yeah, you're not really choice. sure what's going to happen. Yeah. Ultimately, it does seem like, and I and I didn't really get this option, or I can't really remember what I chose. But you can basically send yourself a warning. Um, so if your character you, in the game, your character uses a radio to sort of tune into these radio stations that are sort of like inter interdimensional basically mm-hmm. and that's your connection and essentially you can at the end of the one game you can record a message and send it to yourself in the next game that tells you don't come to the island and hmm. you can just turn around and go home and event and, and just stop all of it from happening and basically stop the time loop uh i didn't send that message i did tune the radio and heard myself but it was just me saying like hello hello but i never heard a message that said you know go turn around um so it's interesting and i think there's a point where you could at some point like save people that you didn't that are that are no longer with you um you can like leave people behind you can do all these different things so I'm 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 going to try it out again maybe and see what's what and and see if I can get a different ending. I will say that as much as I enjoyed the atmosphere and the gameplay, this game has terribly terribly long load times where it, it sort of ruins the game because you're just 
are you just don't want to go into the next area because it loads for 30 seconds or like i remember when i was playing i would like take me forever i needed to get to a specific area but i had to go through like two areas to get yeah, there oh my god it takes and so the long. walking is so slow and then the load screens in between those areas were so slow and that's the only reason i'm sort of dreading i yeah. i would have jumped right into another playthrough and been super excited to try it again and see what changed but mm-hmm. i'm sort of dreading another playthrough because your character walks so slow through everything which just throw a run button in there i don't know why it's so painfully slow it must be because of the dialogue they want you to get all the dialogue and it's just gosh it's so slow and like i said the load times i mean towards the end of the game it's it's doing a lot like a lot was changing so you'd be interacting with somebody then you'd walk somewhere and then you do some it would load for 20 seconds 30 seconds in between a two-minute playthrough like yeah you're you're doing more loading than anything mm-hmm. it was really really painful uh, and it's and it's times. i was gonna say too like if you've already been through an area they should allow you to run through it the next time you go through but the nature of the game is the next time you go through that it's area totally it might be a little yeah. different yeah, yeah there so, could be there could be little or big changes there could be yeah the atmosphere could be like an of the area game is, to like tune your radio or anything like that, yeah stuff exactly like that. things yeah. could happen so yeah. so i can understand that they don't want you to run right through stuff i got mm-hmm. i guess i get that but you could have made Make it the a little, a little faster. faster. Yeah. yeah, everything needs to be like dialed up a little bit, and those load yeah. times need to be at least half of what they are. And I think it would have been a lot more enjoyable. Other than that, the music is cool. The atmosphere is really cool. The story, the dialogue is just really ugh. interesting. It's interesting, it's, but man, these people just talk. And the nature of the game, like I was saying, like the time travel stuff and how it affects the story and how things are changing as you play, that's what kind of kept me into it. But everything else was kind of pushing me away. <laughs> Yeah, it's, I, I like it overall. Yeah. There was a point where a character like kills herself and that was very jarring. I don't know if you ended up getting that, but because it depends on your choices. Yeah, and I don't remember. <laughs> it was like this person was doing something and they they essentially kind of get possessed, I guess is the best way to put it. And she no, jumps, wait, I do remember that. Yeah, she I like jumps that. out a window. Yeah. And I was just like, holy crap, that and was crazy. And you're like crazy. trying to get there to save them and like you can't get there soon enough or something. Yeah, but because yeah. things are a time loop and because you keep you like, get replaying things, yeah. it just basically never happened. It did happen, but didn't happen. So uh-huh. it's really interesting. But man, oh man, the times are... If you can get this on mm-hmm. something else, maybe the time time uh or Loading the load times. times would be better but yeah. it is overall interesting and i know there's a sequel coming out and i'm hoping a lot of those issues are resolved when that happens yeah, I, I think it'll be a lot more enjoyable i do vividly remember there was like a area that's like a world war ii bunker mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i remember getting to this and be like oh this is cool <laughs> yeah there's some really neat stuff yeah, yeah definitely but uh, i i like I, I i like the premise a lot and uh, mm-hmm. and the sequel i think the it's a Hopefully it's unrelated they, they to the current people but they yeah. go back to this place is from what i understand so that mm-hmm. it's like a new person in the same place so it will be cool to see some of these same places locations coming back i hope that's the case uh, but i'm excited to check it out yeah and then the last thing I bought, I mentioned it last week and I bought it because it was on, I, I think I said I would put it on the on the wish list and if it went on sale, I would pick it up. And that's 112 Operator or 112 Operator. And that's that game that was sort of you you become like a 911 operator and you're just handling, you know, emergencies mm-hmm. and trying to dispatch, you know, fire and police and all that stuff. It's on sale like for 75% off right now. I think it was four bucks. So I definitely picked that one up. Uh, normally I, I think it was like $20 or something. So mm-hmm. I saw it. I, I think it sounds and looked really interesting. At least when I was watching somebody play it, it looked like it would be simple idea, but really interesting and fun to actually play. And uh, so I had to pick that one up. I haven't had a chance to play it yet. Maybe if I finish Subnautica, I'll play a round of that and see how it goes. I thought that would be a yeah. fun one to play. Cool. Yeah. Lots of lots of games this week. <laughs> lots of games to buy, lots of games we're playing. Yeah. Lots of interesting different, you know, semi Nintendo stories, but I think they're just interesting stories. Industry uh, stories. Yeah, just good stuff yeah. all around, I think yeah. anyway, and hopefully you do too. And if you do or don't, you can write us. You can go over to nintendodispatch.com, hit that contact button and tell us all of the crazy stories that we're talking about. You can share new stories, maybe suggestions, whatever you want. If you want to mm-hmm. watch us play some of these games, 
you feel free to do that too. We love that. Go to twitch.tv forward slash Nintendo Dispatch. We stream on Wednesdays, uh, Saturdays, and Sundays. Right? Is oh, that what Saturdays. It? No, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays. Well, I don't know. I, I still don't know our <laughs> Follow schedule. Follow us on Twitter yeah. and we'll, t- we'll tweet yeah. when we stream. I still don't know our schedule. I say it every <laughs> single week and I still don't know the schedule. But You mess it up every single week I know, too, every single fine. week. But you can watch us over at Twitch. We're over there. And obviously, we, we um, a lot of those are archived. If you watch on Twitch, I think they're archived for a couple of weeks or you can go to our YouTube channel and we, we back them up occasionally mm-hmm. over there too. Uh, if you want to chat with us, you go to Twitter, you go at dispatch podcast you can follow along there and chat with us like we just said e-diggy sent us a link to that great story about uh, pokemon unite and shared some of his thoughts on that with us and some of the other games he's been playing you can also go to discord and our info for that is over on the website as well that has been your nintendo dispatch